0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Cantina MX Football Podcast. We are back with another live stream episode on YouTube, so head over there and uh, feel free to interact with us. Uh, We have a lot to cover tonight. Tigres make history with Mexico being the first CONCACAF team to reach the Club World Cup Final. Chivas surprise Leon on the road. And... Some more Matias Chile rumors. But before we go any further, let me introduce Joel. Joel, how we
1: doing? After that big win, that big Chivas win, I'm I'm doing fine. I Wanna say I always believed in Buse or in Buse I Trust. yeah, I'm excited for Tigres. Um, I've been, you know, saying it for I think the past two years we've been saying it here. You know, like that equipo chico meme. One day, you know, it's not going to be a meme anymore. They they keep they keep getting results uh, and important wins. It starts adding to their, you know, it's the type of thing that makes them. Become a big team because even even if they don't win the FIFA Clubs World Cup, they got a major win defeating the Libertadores champions, Palmeiras.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, for those yeah for those that uh, are trying to catch up here, uh, before our last episode, you know, Tigas had already made their way to Qatar, and we had talked about how Noel Guzmán making his comments about, you know, everyone holding on, clinging on to our tits because, you know, we're representing <laughs> Mexico. We're not representing Mexico. We're representing ourselves. And uh, Tigres ended up beating Ulsan, the Asian Tigres, uh, 2-1. Both goals by Zignac one by penalty, and then the other one in, in play. Then they ended up playing Palmeiras, like you mentioned, the Libertadores yeah. champions that had just been crowned champions like a couple of days before, beating Santos, in the 99th stoppage time. And they ended up being them. Uh, and (laughs) and it was, it was Jignac again. He's got three goals in two games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. The French marksman. Um, but it's, it's, you know, no Mexican club had made it that far. And now, Dias is in the final. So it's, it's good, good representation, you know. And, um, Let's see how they do against Bayern who made the final. So let's see. Let's see. At, at this point, if they just put up a really good match, I think they would have done everyone proud. Um, but but we're talking about, so, you know, Tigres, they are, um, you know, the company, that backs, because Tigres is, um, you know, they're they're the university. You know, they're with the... Universidad um, Nuevo León. Nuevo León, yeah. But then they also, they also are managed by. Synergia Deportiva, which is like a, it's like, a, like a company that is owned by, Cemex. So we've talked about Cemex being the number two, company in the world of cement. That's right. And I think it's construction material in the whole world. I mean Mm -hmm. that's that's massive. Not in Mexico but the whole the whole world. And so the team Tigres has, I mean, they could easily afford to bring in two more jignacks if they wanted to. Um but but the big news and this was I think in December, I I can't remember, but um they renewed with, um, with with the team for thirty more years. Oh, that's right. This is gonna be, they're gonna be well funded for thirty more years. And and one thing we were talking about, oh, a while back, because we were talking about how the Monterrey teams have become, they've become pretty dominant. So if you if we look at the, the and the, the amount of times both teams have been in finals or or. Not just winning, but even losing, you know.
0: Just participating, yeah.
1: It, it's it's a it's a, it's quite it's quite a few, uh, and then Monterrey even went on a streak of winning Conca, Conca Champions. They won like four, but I mean these teams have become pretty pretty strong, and and you know the argument has been well we've seen it with Toluca and and Pachuca and whatnot, and yeah we have we have. But, but the big difference here is that semex uh, for Tigres and uh, FAMSA. I think I'm saying it right. Hope I'm not saying it wrong. FAMSA for Monterrey and FAMSA is uh, also number two in the world of uh, distribute soft drinks. And I think they managed the distribution of Coca-Cola in Mexico.
0: Yeah, I think we had, we had is- mentioned that before. Yeah.
1: Yeah, big reason they could bring in um, Aguirre and pay him top dollar. And so, you know, these two teams getting... Well, Monterrey already has their stadium and Tigres is about to build one. So, I mean, I, I do think these teams, if if they stay on course on this path, they will definitely be up there, man. They they will catch up or surpass the likes of Chivas and America um, just because, man. You know the saying "con dinero baila el perro." They could afford to, <laughs> they can afford to fill these really strong teams, and um, and we've seen a bit of a decline with some of the other grandes and el Cruz Azul going on a twenty-year, you know, what is it, twenty-one now or something? Uh,
0: Nineteen ninety-seven. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah. been a minute
1: of not being able to win the league. Uh, Chiwa's, you know, they, they every ten years at that pace they're bound to be surpassed. And then Ame, which they they're still very competitive and very strong, but I think uh they just haven't been as dominant. I'm not saying the other two, but dominant enough where they're gonna pull pull away from the pack. I do think they will stay in the fight. Um you know, and I don't know about Chihuahua because Chihuahua just needs to do double, double the work, man. Double the lift. Uh, but that's if things, you know, landscapes always change. But if they stay the way they are now in, in the next 10 years, that's what we're going to be looking at.
0: Yeah, it's very true. I mean, I think we're at an interesting time in Liga Mekis. And it really is, you know, the teams that have the most money are the ones that are, uh, statistically, winning more titles, yeah. more championships. Well, and
1: we see it in Europe, I mean, you know, yeah. These, these, what happened in like EPL once it, once it became because you know the English league, I forgot what it was called, and then in 1991 they rebranded, they became the English Premier League, and that's when you saw the rise of some of these teams like Chelsea and, and Manchester United, and uh, and then just most recently Manchester City, where you had all this money. You know, these, these owners that came in with lots of money and built these super strong teams. And uh, that could happen in Mex. Well, it's kind of happening, not to that extent, because they're not spending those massive amounts of money.
0: Yeah, it, uh, it got rebranded as a Premier League back in 92, and that's when, you know, Manchester United just took over, except for that one weird year where Blackburn Rovers won. um and yeah you know it's just the influx of cash you know look at Man City Man City was they were a bottom feeder team I mean they were relegation bound you know but somebody saw an opportunity like yo Manchester is such a huge city like imagine if we were to you know put a lot of money into this club we can turn them into you know world beaters and and it's crazy how that's I mean look at Tottenham as well you know Tottenham are not really they're not really known as a big club there there's like an ongoing joke that like you know look at their trophy cabinet it's empty but i mean they (laughs) they have a brand new stadium and and they have a lot of big names now and they're now considered part of they 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 bought their way into the big six you know it's it's just crazy (laughs) and if you think about the the landscape for mexico right now that's kind of like what monterrey and tigres have done because they're not you know historically known as big clubs but they're no, they, but they've bought their way into the into the now. There's a top six, yeah. you know what I mean. Now they're considered big yeah. big and, names. And you
1: know, the funny thing was the, the Tigres <clears throat> Clasico, the, the Tigre, I mean, the Monterrey Clasico used to be pretty much to see who the worst team was, because <laughs> these teams used to, um, as you said, fight relegation or end up near the bottom. So they would fight to see who was, you know, at, at least we, you know, we beat you type of thing and it's it's grown it's grown far beyond that it's it's one of the main it's one of the big classicals now
0: um one thing that you mentioned about the whole 30-year thing that i do want to point out uh is that they also mentioned that you know they want to continue to sustain you know players of first caliber but also remodel the stadium in the next couple of years um which would be nice and I just want to give this little moment uh, an appreciation for uh, Jignac. I think he's, you know, it's just a, such a, how can you not be romantic about football, especially in Mexico, when you have a player who, you know, was at his really, you know, he was a big name in, in France. He was in Marseille and um, for, yeah. for, like for yeah, you know, for to to sign him at, at his level, at his age, you know, at the time, it, it was impressive. And then for him to fall in love with Mexico and and embrace the culture, and even wife up a Mexican chick and have kids, and it's like this is what oh, we this... did.
1: I, I thought he came married.
0: Ah, I think his wife's Mexican man.
1: I thought I thought his kids were just one of them, or or maybe two. Let's let's ask Wikipedia. Go, go on, Jaime. <laughs> I don't Mexico. know, man.
0: A wife of French, uh, Deborah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have enough cheese, man. Maybe she's not. I don't know. I have no idea. But, I mean, the whole point is, like, you know, he, he he's these are the type of signings that this league needs to have. You know, he's been one of the best signings, I think, of, of all time uh, for Mexico, I think, uh, at least up there, man. I mean, yeah,
1: at least in the modern era, I would yeah. say it has – I mean, uh, but then yeah, the past there's been others. Um, yeah, uh, the Chileno, the Reynoso for America, um, and then for Pumas was um, Cabilio. But but we're going back. Yeah, we're those going are back to 80s to the 80s, man. Yeah, so, so yeah, in the modern in the modern time, absolutely,
0: yeah, easily,
1: I mean, dude, easily, yeah.
0: And, and what he's done could. for the club and and you know again putting the team on his back in this Club World Cup and you know taking to a final. I mean that's not too many players can do that yeah and uh, like you mentioned, they are gonna square off against Bayern Munich. They had a pretty easy time against Al Ali um really not much of a of a fight there. Um, it was kind of a weird year for Club World Cup because you know like we mentioned uh, New Zealand uh, withdrew from the tournament, which basically gave a lot of these clubs like a buy or whatever. Um, and Daus uh, I think had a pretty easy road to the final. Uh, usually in the semis is when Mexico will play against the European team. So for them to play the the uh, Comebol team was was uh, really, really refreshing. And, uh, you know, it caused a lot of controversy, you know, because everybody on Twitter is saying, like, hey, man, like, look, we've, we've been saying this for a long time. Y'all don't want us in Libertadores anymore because if you do, we're going to win that tournament. And that's why you guys don't want us in there. And uh, a lot of South Americans are a little salty right now, you know, because they're like, "What have you guys done? What do you guys achieved? you guys you, aren't, you guys aren't allowed to talk about football because you guys ha- don't have a World cup yet. so you know it's been <laughs> it's been pretty spicy on Twitter, but do you think that you know the power not the power has shifted, but like Mexico has become a little bit more competitive uh even in like you know Gomezbol's like space?
1: Wait, what was the last thing you said?
0: Well, so, I I'm just thinking like Mexico is like becoming more and more of a competitive uh, you know, country and uh if we were to ha- re, re, you know, re-participate in these Libertadores Oh yeah, yeah. I think that I mean uh, we might take their money. Yeah, we
1: saw we saw Tigres Tigres reaching the final when they, you know, one of the last times that it was Mexico was still playing. And so I do think Teams like Monterrey and, and even Tigres, if they wanted to, if, if they set that as the goal, uh, they're like, you know what, we're going to win this tournament, they could achieve it. And we talked about how we've seen teams in, in South America like, um, you know, what was it, Emilek, uh, Olympia, some of the lower, you know, it's not not always uh, the big the big Boca Juniors or the, you know, Flamengo, these these more traditional South American sides aren't always, you know, because even those strong teams end up getting weak when, when um, they get, they get plundered by the top Euro teams. They'll have like a really good squad. And then they end up losing their players because, you know, they end up leaving to Europe. And so I think that's the difference where, where, uh, Mexican clubs can hold on to those squats for longer, and but but I do think I do think that's the possibility. Um, and it's it's three times, you know, it's been pretty close. Cruz Azul lost on penalties, um, you know, and uh, I think Tigres just t- Tigres, and and you know, surprised because I had friends in Argentina, and they were they were telling me they saw, you know, friends uh, River Plate fans, they were telling me they saw Tigres as favorites. And that was the first for me because um, that just never happened before, you know. Especially going up against some of these historic teams, they would never view the Mex team as as being better. But I think there's been some big results throughout the years, like when Chivas, you know, handed Boca Juniors their ass for zero. Oh yeah. And 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 so where it's like it's changed perception of of what Mex teams are capable of.
0: Absolutely. The final will take place on Thursday at ten AM. Be there or be square. Do you think uh Davis have the support of, of Mexico? Or
1: Yeah, no, I do think they do. Um the the guy that was talking shit is he's Argentine. So I don't think he got taken that serious as if it would have been like Tuca saying it. Or one of the Mexican internationals. Uh, one of them did say, um, "I think it was the defender, and his name skips my mind." He did say about how if Tigres wins in Mex, they're going to, they're they're not gonna give them credit. And he's kind of right, but I feel that because just what it means, and and the prestige that it would bring to the league, I I, I think uh, I don't think there will be that hate. Maybe from their Monterrey, from the Rayados, but not yeah, not all Mex, not all Mex fans. I, I've seen a lot of support from non, non Tigre fans. That of course, because you know it elevates the league. It makes the league look better.
0: It's putting a spotlight on the league. A lot of I bet you, like ninety percent of the people that are going to watch that final be like, "Who the fuck is Tigres? <laughs> who the fuck are these guys?" <laughs> you know, like who, what because they're so used to seeing a South American team in the final. And they're not. Yeah, and they're not used to seeing a Central American team. Ah, but, that's what they call us Central <laughs> Americans.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, mostly the English. But but I think, and you know, that's that's when they'll they start writing articles, and that's where having the Guignac plays the big, you know, uh, a big. It takes an important role there, where it's like, it it helps with the spotlight, and and it's like. I I think that you know it it just it just gives them a bit more more juice that some of the international uh, magazines can there's this one player that they could easily identify and they usually will write the story around around it, around it so it's, it's, it's a guignac plus 10
0: yeah absolutely so you know davis have already made history already No matter if they win or lose, they're already in the highest place that a Mexican team has ever finished in. Uh, Monterrey had third place. Nacaxa had third place. But no one's ever disputed a final. So history in the making. Uh, It's going to be pretty entertaining to see Diego Reyes defend uh, Lewandowski. Um, I put it in the thumbnail of this video. (laughs) You know, Lewandowski is just this huge, ripped, you know, Polish dude. And then, you know, Diego Reyes is a freaking... Uh, you know, straw, man. He's just so skinny. And,
1: uh, <laughs> I did see that. And man. he went
0: to Europe and, you know, for some reason they didn't,
1: meeting,
0: there's a reason he probably came back. Cause they couldn't physically train him. You know, he's like, man, this guy's.
1: And, and you know what? This is a good segue into what Hans Westerhoff was saying.
0: Hans Westerhoff said, Al jugador mexicano no no le gusta trabajar. translation, the yes. Mexican player doesn't like to work. Joel. Go on.
1: Yeah, man, and it's and it's some of this is extra cancha, you know, because one of the things he mentioned was when he was at uh, Chivas or Pachuca, where he asked he asked them um, he asked the youth players how many of you would like to play in Europe, and he said they all lift their hands, and he asked them how many of you are, you know, studying English, and then no one, no one lifted their hands. And he's like, those are the things you need. And, you know, obviously English is one of the more common languages. And and it helps you communicate, you know, uh, over there, especially when you're going to be in teams where they all, you know, players are bound to speak different languages. And so it helps to speak more than one. Hans speaks like four or five.
0: Wow. he's
1: You know, yeah, he speaks Dutch and Spanish and English and, I don't know if German, but he speaks like, like four or five languages. Um, so, and and I think that's that's one of the things. And the other one is, of course, of course, the, the physical. You know, the um. Just just to get in that, to be in that better shape, um, yoke up a bit, <laughs> because you know it's 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 physically very competitive sport. So, so yeah, I, I think in in that's some of the stuff he was talking about, you know, where you need, you need to put more, more, um, and he gave a good example of Hector so I really like that because, um, this is the good thing about, so it's this article, Jaime, it's on ESPN, is it?
0: Yeah, it's on ESPN. Um, we'll yeah. f- I'll figure out a yeah. way to link it to the listeners.
1: Yeah, it's a really good, if you guys want to read it, because it's, it's one of those articles where you get, you get a kind of a peek behind the curtains. Where we rarely get these stories, and he's talking about when he was at Chivas, and Hector Reynoso tells asks him, "What do I have to do to be in the first team?" And Hans is like, it, <laughs> "It's not very likely." You need dude, pray to pray to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "You're too slow, man. Masa and Salcido are way faster, and I just don't see it." And he said, he said how after after training he started practicing sprints. To, to, you know, improve his speed. And so he went on to talk about how because of his attitude, even though Reynoso wasn't that talented of a player, he had a long career. And, and Reynoso even made it to the national team. I don't know if you remember, Jaime. Of course I but do. They he, took him to the Gold Cup.
0: He came to save he our ass when, uh, who got injured or was who Salcido, got
1: right-carded? it was. Oh, I that's mean, right. You know, the guy, he couldn't, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't bench. And and he ended up yeah, Max great. Was losing I believe yeah, he they were a... losing two zero. It was the big the big turnaround game. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, the
0: four um, two uh, flip. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he, well, that's that's big, man. I think that was that was huge for him to at least be able to do that and, and win that with the national team. But you know, especially for a player that's not as Hans said it's limited, not very talented. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, to. To have a long playing career and then and then and then make it to the national team and at least win a trophy, and and you know he said it. It's, it was his attitude. He had the right attitude, and um, and so yeah, we see it with some of the players' trophies. You know where it's like yeah. they're, they're lacking that.
0: He mentioned Bofo. He said you know, super talented, but his attitude was was poor, and that's why he didn't go to Europe. And uh, he said that, hey, you know, this is the responsibility of the coach, but it's also the responsibility of the front office and the federation. And uh, he said that the classification for these are like the, what's the word? It's like the the requirements are, are just very poor in Mexico. He says that they're not enough, that they need to have higher, you know, standards and higher yeah. qualification, you know, and that makes sense. Um, yeah,
1: I agree. I agree.
0: I think it's, it's very, very, uh, what's the word? Like, um, there's a big learning curve when, uh, Europeans or just foreigners that are not, um, familiar with the culture in Mexico when they come here and they see how, you know, everything's a little bit, <laughs> the way business is done in Mexico is a lot different. It's equal de papi. It's who, you know, and it's, it's not very logical. Um, and it goes against like what would be the the logical or the right way to, to do things, you know, when it comes to like the youth and how they don't give them enough opportunities, yeah. you know, and, and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: And, and Well, yeah. And that's the other thing he mentioned to me that, that really, you know, when he talked about how, when he was at Chivas, that Vergara had like a committee, um, and that they came up to him and they were trying to impose players on him or tell him who not to line up. And he said that's why he ended up having, you know, having to leave the club. Because he, he wasn't cool with that. And, uh, but, yeah, we, we see that. I, I think that's what affects because, uh, you know, in, in a lot of times the MEX clubs, they're not. Just the way the money that the teams are funded, you know, so I think um, that's how you end up having having people come in and have have like a say in the team. So, for example, when when um, Promotora was was running Chivas, you know, there was probably people linked with Promotora, and they would be allowed to to play coach for a day. <laughs> you know? Same same thing that um Iguera did. When Iguera came in and he came to Chivas as CEO of of Bounty Life. He has nothing to do with the club but he, he was he came in and he's he's trying to tell Nestor no, it was Chepo. Chepo like like hey man, you you know, he's trying to give him directions. <laughs> And then he goes to the, you know, he's trying to run the club, even though he wasn't involved in in any of the runnings.
0: Yeah, what's that saying? Uh, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. It's like, yes, had too many people trying to trying to have this power power trip, or you know, it's just too much, man. And You need to learn how to delegate, starting with you know the old owner Vergara. You know, I think he he stepped in the way of the team way too many times when it's like, yo, you're the owner, man. You're supposed to know how to like hire the right people to do those jobs. You're not supposed to, you know, play coach out there. Um, and his son, you know, I mean, his son wanted to be a movie, you know, movie guy, director, producer and stuff. So I think his interests are a little bit divided at, at least, but uh, while we're on the topic of Chivas, they had a surprising result last night against León. They played on Monday. They were the last uh, last fixture of match day four. Or, sorry, five. And uh, they were on the road. León had 31 games at home without tasting defeat. And by golly, Wala Hala came in there. They put their pants in and they just, boom. They went in there. They they were up 2-0. And then... Uh, an own goal by Antonio Brizueño made it 2-1. And then uh, Alejandro Mayorga stepping in for uh, Miguel Ponce ended up scoring the third satisfying goal. And Chivas. Chivas are back, baby. No more Fuera Vucicic on Twitter. I'm I'm happy with this result. At least for
1: this week.
0: At least for this week. <laughs> no, I... I
1: I maintain my stance on Buse. I I don't think, I don't expect Chiwas to look pretty. I know, I know, um, you know, it's a big expectation from a lot of fans. They want to see a a more consistency, at least in that aspect of the team, of of see Chiwas play a certain way or or be more aggressive. Um, I'm not expecting it. I think he's going to keep grinding results think he's pretty smart guy he's gonna he's gonna do just enough to get the team in in um, Liguilla and not yeah. having to risk stuff and that's where he'll you know same as last season where he teamed did way better in Liguilla than than how they were doing during the league you know and and even if you see how they played Santos because those two games were against teams that were you know more consistent than Chivas and and you know, eliminated America and then put put a really good fight against against Leon. So I think uh, I pr- I much prefer that Jaime. Uh, we we went through the Chivas history of of Liguilla and it's it's abysmal, going to two, three seasons of not qualifying, sometimes four or five. And so I, I, for me, the most important thing uh, as a Chivas fan is that the team is always qualifying. Then once, once Chivas is always qualifying, you know, built from there, and and you know, slowly improve, or to the point where you're you're fighting for the Campeonato on a more regular basis. But but to me, it's like just become a Liga regular again.
0: Yeah, um, some of my thoughts from the game. Right from the kickoff, you felt a different energy. You felt a different intensity from the team, and you kind of felt like, okay, you know, they know that we're upset with them, and this is their response. They definitely had a fire under their ass, and Leon didn't really look good out there. And uh, also, uh, definitely my respects to Gudinho. He doesn't look like you know fresh legs Bambi out there. He he actually had some pretty. Substantial uh, saves in that match that ended up, you know, being a game-changing you know, uh, saves. You know that it could have easily tied up, it could have easily gone the other way, but he did. He did. He had a really great performance. Um, certain players, though, I'm not sure why they're lining up. Uh, I have to make sure that people know, like Angulo, uh, uh, Torres, uh, Lalo Torres. Um, who else? There was one more out there that oh, Pollo – boy with the own goal just uh, makes me makes me <laughs> miss players like Hector Reynoso because although like he was limited and you know he wasn't the best player but he was he he was solid man he, he would just boot the ball up the pitch and that's better than having own goals or or just having doubts uh especially if you're one of the last you know defenders
1: yeah yeah you know um and and you're talking about boyo there was talk about that big locker room fight or oh, that's not right. fight, but confrontation between Macias. Macias and Pollo and so you think that had a positive effect where it's like the locker room was sort of like okay enough of this. We need to get our shit together. This isn't this isn't acceptable.
0: Well, whatever altercation they had, they both ended up scoring. So, <laughs> <laughs> Chivas scored all four goals. You know, uh, Leon obviously having that Campionitis where you know you you won your title. And now it's all right. We can we can kind of relax when there's twelve teams going to Liga. We can we can squeeze our way in and then turn it up there. Uh, Chivas dramatically went from seventeenth position to eleventh, and just with that victory, so. Just go to sh- back in, yeah, just go just to go just to show you how volatile this this Ligia is it's it's crazy man one 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 week you're the villain, the next week you're a hero, and then you know it's just every week it's like what what are we gonna see what who's who's gonna be the headline this this week and and it's all that's just how it is man it's a it's a cutthroat dog eat dog uh type of mentality it's 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 really intense, and I don't think it's cut for everyone um
1: yeah yeah and it's you know because it's short season, so you you know you you have less less time to to um to improve, I would say.
0: I mean we're almost a third of the way in. that's kind of yeah, crazy five games <laughs> yeah, I mean we're on match day six come Friday. I mean that's how fast this season is, you know, it's like that's why. You know, I go on Twitter and say "fuera," you know, because it's like, yo, we don't have time to, we don't have time to lose to Juárez, we don't have time to lose to Atlético. But uh, I think another thing is too, Chivas don't know how to how to how to break the bunker. You know, León were not a team that were they were playing offensively, and Chivas do very well against those teams. And and it just goes to show, you know, it's 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 like boxing styles make fights. You know, if you play a very defensive team where they all all ten uh ten players are behind the halfway half uh you know half yard line, Chivas don't know how to how to handle that. They don't know how to how to break through that. So it's like when you play team when you play the big big clubs that that are offensively powerful, that's where you start to see these results. Like, huh? Wait, you guys beat Leon, but you couldn't beat uh you know Juarez. Like, what what's going on?
1: Yeah. Well, I I think that's the whole thing, though. They don't have to break the bunker, you know. It's it's not a. It's not like they just they're forced to do it. So I think that, you know, because I've seen that sentiment that, you they only play well against certain teams. That season they beat those two teams. Uh, talking about, uh, Juarez and San Luis, and then this season they lost to them and a. You know, we, we got to see also that these teams change coaches. So, and we talked about how Juarez had Tena, who pretty much knows Chivas inside and out. And so I think that that was a bit of a, you know, he it was a help. Uh, this guy's new. The, I think some Uruguayan with San Luis. My verdict's still out on him. Oh, yeah. But I, I think that, that, you know, that gives it a, Changes things a bit because we, we expect you know we have these expectations of like, of like we have to beat these teams or they're easy but it doesn't always play out like that but but the whole bunker thing I, I just I just you know you don't have to you know it's like they're not forced or they don't have to play into it they don't have to like play into the whole we're gonna go and open up. And let you guys counter on us.
0: Yeah, going over match week five, Atlético San Luis kicked things off on Thursday. I, I saw the the last 10 minutes of the match. Tijuana were cruising to an easy victory 2-1 over Atletico San Luis and in the last play of the game San Luis tied the game up, stole two points away from Tijuana. It seems like there's some different energy going on over there, you know, they're not, you know, laying all these teams just step over them. Uh they're fighting, they're being competitive. Uh they're in 14th position now with four points. Tijuana are in 6th position with nine. They would have loved Have won, they would have stayed in first place. But uh, both of these these sides are are doing much better than they did last season.
1: Yeah, and and I'm gonna say again, it's it's their their the change in coaches, you know. Uh, So uh, Atlético San Luis brought in Leonel Roco. So uh, yeah, let's see, let's see where this dude is from. It's Uruguayan. Where was he at?
0: Rocco San Luis.
1: Played in some small team in Uruguay. <laughs>
0: I'm telling he, you, you know, man he, they... took,
1: he, took, he took that small team called letigo Progreso y Plaza Colonia. Um he took them to Libertadores.
0: Oh interesting.
1: Um, so he's he's an seems to be an up and comer. And uh, it could be if, you know, he could be the next Liliani, man.
0: <laughs> I saw but
1: in a coach that's really good. But I, we'll see. We'll see how he does. But, you know, I
0: got excited because it had Barcelona, but it's Barcelona of Ecuador. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was with them.
0: He was a goalkeeper uh, coach. Oh, OK. Plaza Colonia. And then, like you mentioned, uh, Progreso. All these clubs, man, never heard of before. Uruguay is such a small country. I think their population is like what, like two, three million. Like it's
1: yeah, yeah, like two, three million. But but I mean, when you talk about their, you know, their league, it's Nacional and Peñarol. Mm-hmm. Then you have like Danubio, and then you don't really hear much of the other, the other uh, clubs. Um, but he took a really small team, you know. Um, so who knows, man? We'll see what this dude.
0: Also yeah, definitely. Is
1: made of.
0: Uh, another small club, Querétaro. They are continuing to beat down Pachuca. Pachuca having a really bad season. Uh, they ended up winning comfortably 3-1. Yeah, not sure what's going over there in Hidalgo, but it is not good for Pachuca. They are in second to last place r- right above Atlas with two points. Meanwhile, Querétaro with this are in seventh position with nine points. They've won three. They've lost two. So they're they're doing okay. They might make Ligua this season. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how the season, I mean, like you said, two, three games can change, you know, the whole landscape.
0: You know, I had forgotten that Antonio Valencia is at Querétaro. Uh, he ended up scoring one of the goals. Uh, <laughs> he used to be, you know, him and Chichero were really close uh, friends, I think, when they were both at Manchester.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, that's the thing with some of these mock clubs and mechs, that they could, they could from one tournament to the next, change drastically just because they, they could end up picking up the right coach or the right players. And all of a sudden, they go from you know, last place to to be in a mid table team, fighting for the first spots, and um, yeah, that's what we're seeing. You know, and we've seen it in the past with the different. Teams.
0: You know who's their coach? Oh. El Piti Altamirano.
1: <laughs> Man, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time.
0: <laughs> Man, remember all those years he played for Santos, El Piti, and. Uh, totally. And at one point, he actually ended up um, uh, playing for for Mexico. He went to Italy. When?
1: Yeah, but brief, brief stint. Really? He, yeah.
0: I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, brief
1: stint. I don't even know if he played a game, but he, you know, he went to, uh, I think, it was it at Atalanta?
0: Interesting. Like a
1: small club. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, man. It's not showing up anywhere. That's... That's definitely Wait. the pity. Yeah, no, maybe, you. maybe,
1: uh, alternate universe.
0: No, I mean, I, I believe you. I just, he, it doesn't show up anywhere. So I wonder, I know Layun went to Atlanta, Atlanta.
1: Yeah. From Veracruz.
0: But yeah, that's a, that's a name you hadn't heard in a long time. Uh,
1: Wait, we're talking about the Mexican
0: one, right? Yeah. Uh, he played for Cruz Azul. Uh, that's where he started his career. Santos, San Luis, Morelia, Tecos, Correcaminos, Veracruz, Querétaro, and then Cruz Azul Hidalgo. And then he's been, uh, as far as coach-wise, he coached, uh, he was the assistant at Querétaro, and then he went to uh, Cimarrones de Sonora. Then he was Costa Rica assistant. What? Celaya and then Querétaro. Wow. <laughs> Not bad. Going over some more results. Cruz Azul on the road. beating caxa 2-0.
1: Okay, here it is. He played for Cremonese.
0: Cremonese.
1: He was there. He was there for... Eight months, but he never debuted
0: it. Oh, wow, man, that is some deep.
1: Here's a comment from him. Al final no se dio. Te soy sincero, no sé por qué. Todo parecía que iba caminando bien. Wow. Pero fue una experiencia entre seis y ocho meses que me ayudaron a crecer. Reconoció el PT a medio tiempo.
0: <laughs> I'm looking at a tweet.
1: He, he was uh, Matosa's assistant. Hmm.
0: Check this out. So um, when they were announcing Chucky to Napoli, um, somebody in the comments said, hey, you know, uh, El Piti was also in Italy because they said, oh, it's like Layun... Rafa Marquez, Salcelo, Moreno, Pedro Pineda. They were naming all the players that had played in the Calcio. And, yeah, uh, and he's like, Hey, don't forget about me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yo estuve meses en el Cremonce, pero no fui registrado. 1994.
1: Yeah. And back then it was more difficult because, um, less foreigners you know they didn't line up like today where it's like they line up to 10 so before it was way less they would have like 3 or 5 or whatever you
0: know I love technology because I, I grew up like watching all these legends on TV like when I think about um, you know Ramon Morales Ramirez um uh, Suarez I mean, all these like legends that I, you know, I, I saw them win titles with Chivas. They're they're just a tweet a tweet away, and they're like, "Oh, thank you," you know. Like like Ramon Morales, like um, I follow him, and you can tweet at him and be like, "Hey, man, thanks for the for the comment," you know. And it's like, "Yo, that's fucking
1: crazy, bro." <laughs> like you, yeah, they'll reply a lot of times, not you, always, but a lot of times you could, you know, or they'll, they'll chime in on stuff.
0: You go to a you go to a partido Molero in in Oakland. And uh, you see them outside in the Home Depot booth, and you're like, "Oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> pinche matador, cómo estás? Way, <laughs> you're all drunk and shit. You're like, Yo, I used to watch you on TV, man. <laughs> I
1: know that's sad for them. They're outside of the stadium, you know. It's like, <laughs> like they, like, they, don't like the get, that, they don't even get
0: stadiums. They don't even get tickets the to the game. They're outside, pimp parking lot, pimping the whole game, the whole. G- <laughs> Before and after it's the like game,
1: if, <laughs> it's like if the stadium is the club, they went from being in the club in a VIP table with bottle service to being to waiting in line outside and not being allowed in.
0: <laughs> not even. They're over there, like you know, asking for a spare change and shit. Like, oh, get it in
1: well, the parking lot. You're line. like, what
0: the hell, bro? Like, what Just happened? Drinking
1: in the parking lot, dude. <laughs> Yeah, nah, it's, it's they do get in the games. So
0: yeah, yeah, I, I know I they seen, do. I was, uh, I was just kidding. I
1: saw it was um, Oswaldo Sanchez. Oh wow! And he was he was in one of those booths. I forgot which. And then, like almost by halftime, I saw him in the press box.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, he just went in there to see the game for a bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess they those companies have like um. They have, like, sweets or, like, luxury boxes. So, you know, they let them them have access to that.
0: That makes sense. Uh, Very quickly. So, yeah, we mentioned Necaxa losing to Cruz Azul. Now Cruz Azul is in fourth position. Necaxa in 16th. Uh, Then we had Atlas and Santos on Saturday. It was a 1-1 match. uh, Similar to the San Luis game. Uh, Santos were winning. Pretty early in the match, 10 minutes in. And then last minute, Atlas steal two points away, tie the game up. And uh, they're still in last place, but they definitely uh, will, f- will be proud of uh, taking those points away from Santos who are having a good season. there in fifth with nine points. I think there was a joke about how, you know, how haven't they been relegated all these years? But, you know, they, they just do just <laughs> enough. Just
1: enough, and and, and the rules change, you know, and I know people were clowning on, on, um, like, saying that the league would change the rules to prevent Chivas, but, I mean, Chivas never needed that, it was, Atlas has been the team that's benefited the most.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Roger Martinez, that's a name I hadn't heard in a long time, came back and scored for America, 1-0 over Puebla. And America are in third. Pretty good start to the season for them.
1: You no, know, making my prediction look bad. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm not selling, though. I'm, I'm holding on. I'm holding on to that prediction stock, Jaime.
0: I'm trying to see when we play... Uh... America it's gonna be a minute yeah they're gonna they're gonna have it in match week eleven so we're still about a month away before a super but we'll make sure to humble them that time Monterrey beat pumas one zero uh cheeky's not with us tonight, but uh not a great game for pumas scored in the 31st minute, and then Alan Mosso had a red card like six minutes after. So they're a man down for most of the game. And uh, Rayados, man. Aguirre taking them to the top. They're in second place. Uh, Ten points. Game
1: less, right? Huh? One, one, they still have one game to play?
0: Yeah, that's that's right. The COVID. Yeah, they, they still have a game in hand. So uh, they could... Easily be in first place with three points ahead if, if they uh, if they win that match. Uh, I know it's been rescheduled, but I'm not sure when that will be taking place. Um, that's the same with uh, with Leon and Tigres, obviously because they're in Qatar. So there's a few teams in the league that haven't played uh, their fifth match yet. Toluca. And, and it sucks because it was a very entertaining match, but nobody watched it because it was at the same time as the <laughs> as the Tigas <team>, game. <laughs> uh, they I beat... understand
1: that meme now. <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure to I'm not going to repeat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a pretty great game to watch. To be honest, uh, Toluca uh, something about Sunday at 10 a.m. and Niesmo Moldez is just it's just a nice nice thing to wake up to on Sunday morning, uh, Toluca. Uh, he wasted no time. 19th minute, Alexis Canelo. And then in the 30th minute, again from him. And then in the 35th minute, Ruben Sambuesa. Him and Chapo uh, Sanchez are going to have to fight for the goal of the week because they were both screamers outside the 18-yard box. Just smashed it. And uh, Mazatlan were getting beat down. Again, nobody watched it because everybody's watching uh, Tigres beat Palmeiras. Uh, but it was a very, very... Cool. Very entertaining match. Make sure to watch the highlights of that one. That was it's pretty good. And then the Leon yeah. Leon Chivas game. Um, one last thing. I don't know if you're you're pressed for time, but um, we do have a little bit more uh, of a story that's developed uh, alongside the Matias and and, and Chile. It, it's, oh. Yeah, it turns out that, you know, he went to Buenos Aires and he was going to go to Santiago uh, to negotiate, you know, because they were very serious. This is very close from happening. But for some reason, uh, they did not want to pay the release clause to San Jose Earthquakes. And they even asked Matias if he would go halvesies with them, you know, and, and he said no.
1: <laughs> I think that would have been the first thing discussed, though. What right? And that's why I don't buy the story. Because I think um, Chile would have, um, Chile FA would have contacted Almeida's representative mm-hmm. and they would have been like, okay, you know, he said San Jose, what's his availability? It would have been, well, he has a, you know, he has a release clause that needs to be activated. Chile would have been how much? And, you know, you don't hear South American national teams paying to bring a coach. Um, I, don't, I, I don't remember when Pielsa left Espanol. I don't know if he, if they had to buy out the clause, but you don't really hear about it. And um, That's true. Especially not Chile. And at that point, it would have been like, oh, no thanks. Uh, you know, unless they would have said, well, if he wants to. I really thought Chile would be able to pay him what he's earning. Oh, you, know, you think so? Like, yeah, man. <laughs> these these you know a lot of these selecciones they don't have that much money.
0: Hmm. Um, They're kind of just playing for the for the clout, you know? Because that's I mean, Chile's a respectable.
1: Yeah, just, you you get the international clout. So
0: mm, like, okay.
1: It's almost like hey, we're doing you a favor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you you could play um, Copa America qualifiers and maybe even a World Cup, and that would that would definitely elevate Almeida's prestige, and then he could jump to Europe. But that yeah. two million million man—that's hefty, and and that's the thing. With I don't get why Mati would, you know, why he took that. It seems if all these rumors are true, it's only hurt him. You know, that he went to a small club like San Jose and then they tied him up with this. this... And the only reason they could tie him up is if they're paying him like a lot of money, you know? Because at that point, it's like, we didn't pay you all this money so you could fuck off after a year, you know? (laughs) It's gonna be like, (laughs) if we're giving you this this much, then it's a serious thing where you're gonna be with us four years and if you leave, then we're getting some of that money back. And so I think that he's making bank um, you know, at least at least for coaches, you know, I think he's I, and I, I think I, I think I had read in an MLS forum or something that he was one of the best paid you know, I believe in the it. league. And so yeah, that's that's whole getting close thing, I think it puts his name out there, but I don't I don't I don't think it was as close as we're led to believe, you mm. know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I'm sure all the San Jose fans are just at this point just so fed up with all the, you know.
1: <laughs> he should get used to it. He's, he's going to uh, Rayados. He's going remember? here. He's going back to Chivas.
0: Yeah. You know, it's like, uh he's not going Boy, anywhere. Chivas
1: too. Remember, oh, Sunder- Sunderland is interested. Ecuador, Ecuador is calling. Oh yeah, uh, a, a team from La Liga. And there's all these teams that, that kept popping up, uh, some Argentine team. And I was like, "Ah, oh, it's a bunch of PS. <laughs> Nothing happened. He ends up in San Jose. And so <laughs> let, let's see. Let's see what happens now, you know, finishes or whatnot.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. MLS still has yet to announce their schedule, so we don't know when they're going to start playing. Someone like Carlos Vela, know. he's probably enjoying the NBA right now. As as far as Chicharro, who knows what he's up to. I think he's been
1: playing Call of Duty.
0: Playing Call of Duty. Cheek, getting
1: his Catellas, but he's not here.
0: Getting massages.
1: I think he was getting in shape. There was that one picture where he's like, he looked, you know, he lost his dad bod. He was beginning to look like, a, <laughs> like an athlete again.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he, he's training right now. Now that he's single again, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the, those are the big three tonight's episode with Liga Mekis, Tigres in the final, some Matias stuff. Uh, you got any, any other pressing topics or closing thoughts you can think of?
1: Just, just the uh, best of luck to Tigres against Bayern. Um, I think uh, I, I I hoping it will be a, a really good match, you know, and not one of those you end up getting squashed. <laughs> I I think uh, I hope the I hope the club and the players, they you know they they treat it as like a, just very like a World Cup game, you know, because it's not often they're gonna get to be in that type of game so i do think they call boss to the wall man and uh you know i've seen byron tweeting stuff making it friendly and it's like uh no you you want to go in there as like you know war zone man you, you're in there to fight i, I i've seen some of those the gulag there, like oh we see you there and blah blah and it's like uh, no man we want, I want putazos and sangre. I want like a UFC, man. Don't, none of this friendly, friendly banter.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's kind of like the the uh, Super Bowl, you know, it was underwhelming. You know, everybody thought it was going to be a great matchup and then it ended up just being a, a blowout. I, I do think that the way Tuca plays, or, you know, tactically, I think defensively they'll be sound. Uh, offensively, it's just a matter of if Gignac is going to have his his shooting boots on, and I mean, just going off of his performances in the last two games, again three goals. Maybe if they get a penalty, uh, again, I think Davis might win, might win this thing, man. Who knows? <laughs> but then again, it's just like yeah. the the talent. And at always, Bayern is so you ridiculous. always
1: want like one other player to step up, you know, because everyone will probably all eyes on Gignac and. And you want like some other dude to just come out of the you know, just come out of the shadows and <laughs> and steal the show and that that helps too a lot of time.
0: I just found the most accurate photo of the of the man. <laughs> I put it in the Discord chat. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the um what was that movie with uh MJ? Um uh that movie where he's a cartoon.
1: The, uh, Space Jam Space Jam <laughs> Yeah so
0: it's like You know It's like the big ass You know uh, Evil guys All the Kim H. Newer Narvi Sané Lewandowski And then it's like uh, Gignac as Michael Jordan And then everybody else Is just like loony <laughs> <laughs> Yeah He's just putting the team On his back man You know It's just It's, it's just what he's doing And uh, Yeah I mean yeah. I will say this, Salcedo has a very good record against Germans. He beat them in the uh in their uh the, the uh Pokal the Cup uh, Cup, uh Iron Frankfurt uh they beat uh Bayern Munich and then
1: Yeah.
0: in the World Cup and then who knows? Beat them again. Who
1: knows? That's good, yeah. Yeah, and it helps. Definitely that stuff helps. Um, you know. That, that having players like that, that they don't become overwhelmed. They're going to play Bayern and it's like, go oh, snap. And he's like, hold my beer because I've gone up against these dudes, you know?
0: Absolutely. Well, another successful episode here in the Cantina MX football podcast. Sadly, I don't think our, our listeners had any, any chats for us to, To shout out but uh, thank you to all the listeners and subscribers and uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter and if you have any pressing topics or anything that you guys want to get off your chest make sure to land on our anchor page Uh, you can leave us a voicemail and we can listen to it and maybe you'll be on the next episode Um, but thank you everyone and I hope you all have a great night